everybody, this is the Locked On Nittany Lions Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, November 18th, 2019, and I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. We are here to talk some Penn State football. We have a big week on tap with a big game coming up at the end of this week, but before we can get into everything that's going to be coming forward, we need to take a look at what just happened over the weekend. As we do every Monday, we will recap Penn State's latest game, this one a victory against Indiana. We'll also run down everything else that happened around the Big Ten and, of course, in the top 25 because this was a pretty eventful weekend in the sport of college football. While maybe a whole lot hasn't changed in the grand scheme of things, there were some significant developments that we need to pay attention to as we go forward for Penn State's game this weekend against Ohio State. So, again, lots of stuff coming up on the podcast today, lots of stuff coming up on the podcast all week. So now is a great time to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed because you are not going to want to miss a single episode this week, Monday through Friday. We may even throw in a little bonus episode somewhere along the way. We'll see how it goes. Of course, we also want you to be a part of the show, and the best way to do that is to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Send us your questions. We'll answer them throughout the week as many questions as possible. And we also want to make sure you're following us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. We'll have some stuff going on on the Facebook page throughout the week as well. So follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us in your favorite podcasting app, and you are going to be good to go leading up to the biggest game of the season. But like I said, before we can turn the page to look forward to Penn State's game against Ohio State, it's time to look back and see what happened this weekend against the Indiana Hoosiers. Let's get started with today's show, guys. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. A week after taking their first loss of the season on the road against Minnesota, if you were expecting Penn State to come back home and get back off to a great start with the defense kind of locking things down from the start, well, then you were ultimately disappointed in the effort that you saw from Penn State in that first quarter Saturday afternoon against the Indiana Hoosiers. But it was important to keep in mind that Indiana brought the number one passing offense into Happy Valley. And this was a pretty good Indiana team. And they certainly got off to a great start, taking some advantages of Penn State's vulnerability on defense. But you got to give credit to the Penn State offense. While they may not have been as crisp as you may have liked, they got the job done in that first quarter. Indiana put up 14, but Penn State put up 17. And then in the second quarter, the defense did adjust and start to slow things down for Indiana, shutting them out in the second quarter, only allowing three points in the third quarter. And while they did give up 10 points in the fourth quarter, they did make some plays that were really crucial to securing a victory at home against Penn, uh, Indiana. So Penn State gets to 9-1 on the season with a 34-27 victory over the Indiana Hoosiers. Still only have one loss to Indiana during the entire time that Penn State has been in the Big Ten, really since the series started, because that started when Penn State joined the Big Ten. So the one-sidedness of this series continued, although Indiana has had a number of close calls, and this was certainly the latest one in that series history between the two. But important to note, Penn State is 9-1. They're 6-1 in the Big Ten. And of course, that sets the stage for what a lot of people have been looking forward to for a while now, even after that loss to Minnesota last week. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Important things here, Penn State's offense still needs to improve. Penn State's defense still needs to improve. There's lots of room for improvement for this team. And at this point in the season, you're starting to see some signs that 
you don't typically want to see, especially on the defense, uh, when you're into the thick of a playoff race, division race, conference championship race, middle of November, you feel like you're seeing some issues that shouldn't be there at this point in the season. But again, they're getting the job done far more often than not, and there's nothing to be taken away from that. There's no reason to apologize for Penn State being 9-1. They have certainly earned it to a certain degree, and they are making some plays. Now, this was an interesting, this is a tough game, I should say, against Indiana, and I kind of expected it would be for a while. I did just think that Penn State was going to kind of pull away, and I guess technically they did a you know, late touchdown uh, by Indiana, or I'm sorry, a late score by Indiana in the fourth quarter makes the game a little bit closer than it probably was, but this really was a pretty close game. The defense did give up a lot of yards through the air, 371 of them to Peyton Ramsey, but only one touchdown, so there's some t give and take there. You're giving up some yards, but you're not giving up the big scores after the first quarter, and I think that that was huge for Penn State's defense, kind of regaining some confidence, although, like I said, you had a couple lapses late in the game that you wish didn't have happened. So that's something to just keep in mind as you go through and work at some game film and start going through the practices, kind of get your mind right for the big test that's coming up next. Because if you thought that Indiana's offense was scary, got some bad news for you. Ohio State's going to be a really difficult to beat. And I think that's what a lot of people are kind of concerned about. Even though Penn State gets the win and the offense does their thing, even though it wasn't the greatest performance, Sean Clifford was 11 of 23 for 179 yards, one passing touchdown. But he also added 55 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Journey Brown with another 100-yard performance on a day where he was the main guy running the football. Devin Ford got a couple touches too. but And Ricky Slade, I think, had one, maybe two touches uh, you know, running the ball. I think uh, actually, I think Ricky Slade ran at one and once in uh, caught a pass too. So, you know, he got involved very slightly. But this was another game where you didn't have Noah Kane, who continues to be held out of action. We also lost KJ Hamler in the first half with what looked like some kind of a head injury. That was probably more precautionary than anything else. You certainly feel like you can win this game against Indiana and kind of keep some of your key players as healthy as possible moving into the big game coming up this weekend. So I can kind of understand why you would keep KJ Hamler out under those circumstances. And Indiana lost their big playmaker too. And that probably hurt their chances as well. Uh, Wap Fillor, uh, was uh, he was certainly a guy that was going to have an impact uh, against this Penn State secondary. And he did before he had to lead the game. He had two catches for 50 yards. Uh, we also had the, the key muffed punt. So that was kind of the, the the spark that Penn State needed right out of the gate because the offense starts the game with the football, does nothing with it, goes three and out, but has to punt. Uh, but Indiana muffed the punt. Now, the replay showed maybe they didn't touch the football. Uh, but regardless, the, the call was uh, what it was. And Penn State got the ball, and they took advantage of it, getting that early touchdown. That was big for the offense to kind of capitalize on a mistake uh, when they could have gone to the sideline, kind of dropping their heads a little bit. Uh, so credit to them for finding a way to capitalize on a, the early miscue. But then the defense gave up another touchdown, a long touchdown drive. They gave up long touchdown drives on Indiana's first two drives of the game. That was alarming. But like I said, they started to calm down. They started to tighten up a little bit. And some of that was because Indiana lost their top wide receiver, but they still had a lot of weapons to keep them running. Uh, but getting pressure on Peyton Ramsey was a little bit of a key there for Penn State. And they were able to do that at times when they really needed it. And that really helped kind of build Penn State's lead throughout the, the following three quarters and closing out a 34-27 to victory. 
So with the win, Penn State, like I said, moves to 9-1. and one. In the polls, if you're interested, not that these polls mean anything at this point. You know, they're even more meaningless now than ever before. But they stay number 9 in the AP Top 25. They were jumped by Oklahoma, who jumped from number 10 to number 8. We'll talk about them in the next segment. Uh, also, of note, Utah moved up one spot from number 8 to number 7. Just kind of keeping an eye on some of the other one-loss teams that are out there. And Minnesota, of course, the team that uh, beat Penn State, uh, dropped from number seven to number 11 after their loss at Iowa. So just kind of interesting to throw out there that Penn State has a one-loss team, same record as Minnesota now, but now ranked ahead of the Gophers. And I think we're seeing what the argument's going to be is that Penn State's assortment of wins collectively adds up to more value than the head-to-head loss to Minnesota. Minnesota's only a real key win of the season. But, of course, that's something we'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow when we get into the college football playoff rankings preview. And we will now shift gears and start to look through the rest of the action from around the Big Ten and the Top 25 because there were some stories that we're going to be paying attention to that went down this weekend. We'll talk about that in the next segment. So Penn State beat Indiana this weekend in Big Ten play to move into second place, sole possession of second place in the Big Ten East and set up their showdown for a potential shot at first place in the division this coming weekend. But what else happened around the Big Ten? Well, the big news of this weekend around the Big Ten, of course, was Northwestern's 45-6 victory against UMass. Yes, UMass was a 39.5 point underdog in this matchup against a team that had won one game all season long, and they managed to cover against the Northwestern Wildcats. Of course, that was not the big news this weekend, but it was just something that was pretty fascinating because it just shows you that you can never bet against the odds makers. They know exactly what they're talking about. A 39.5 point point spread, when I saw it, ended up being a 39 point uh, game. So (laughs) that just shows you those guys know what they're talking about. No, they, of course, the, the big story this weekend, of course, was what happened in Iowa, where the Iowa Hawkeyes, who have a history of ruining some dream season scenarios for a number of teams that come into Kinnick Stadium uh, for evening games, late afternoon games, whatever the case may be, this time of year in November. Minnesota, of course, fresh off their victory against Penn State the previous week, went to Iowa with a chance to make sure that they still had a two-game lead in the Big Ten West. But as we have seen time and time again, Iowa comes up with the big home win against the Gophers, a 23-19 setback for Minnesota. Big picture, though, everything's still in front of Minnesota. They still have the one-game lead in the Big Ten West. It's probably just now going to come down to their regular season finale against Wisconsin, which I'll get to in just a second. But the bottom line is Minnesota is still a really good team. They have now a close loss on the road. They are still in good position, or at least more than average position to get to their first Big Ten championship game. And that allows them a chance to still keep themselves on the college football playoff radar. Because honestly, if Minnesota does win out the rest of the season, uh, as unlikely as I think that that may be, they are still going to be a candidate to at least consider for a spot in the college football playoff. But more importantly for right now, uh, the Big Ten championship is still within their reach uh, for Minnesota, even after a loss to Iowa. So this isn't quite as devastating of a loss as it has been for previous Big Ten or college football playoff contenders or BCS contenders, as Penn State fans are well-tuned to knowing. Uh, but this is a, a big setback for Minnesota, but it's not devastating. Uh, and I do think that they'll rebound certainly next week against Northwestern. Of course, on the flip side of that is Wisconsin got the win on the road against Nebraska, a 37-21 victory. And that keeps Wisconsin in the reach here uh, because 
unless some things go unpredictably next week with Minnesota losing to Northwestern or Purdue scoring an upset against Wisconsin, the Big Ten West is very likely to be decided in that regular season finale uh, at Minnesota between the Gophers and the Badgers. Of course, Minnesota ended their losing streak to Wisconsin last year, but with the way that Wisconsin is playing, they certainly feel like a formidable foe for Minnesota. And we've seen, obviously, Minnesota had a close call against Penn State, uh, even though they seem to have a good handle on that game for the majority of it. Uh, but, of course, they just lost a tough defensive game against Iowa. I think Wisconsin is going to be another tough out for Minnesota. So Big Ten West looks like it's going to come down to that final game of the regular season between those two teams. Meanwhile, Nebraska has to win their last two games of the season just to get bowl eligible. And this is uh, just days after Nebraska announced a two-year extension for Scott Frost. Uh, they announced that actually officially just a few hours before kicking off against Wisconsin. And then Wisconsin goes and beats them by 16 in Lincoln. So not a great look for Nebraska, but you know I still think things are going to turn around and be just fine under Scott Frost for Nebraska. But they now have to win their final two games just to become bowl eligible. Michigan continues to be on a roll. They get a 44-10 victory against Michigan State, another team that has to win their final two games of the season. Uh, and, of course, they've got Maryland and Rutgers in their final two games. So if they can't get that done, then Mark D'Antonio probably needs to go. But, again, another win for Michigan, another win for Iowa. That's good news if you're a Penn State fan because you want to have those two teams continue to win games as much as possible. And the way that Michigan has been rolling now uh, certainly is inspiring. And it actually poses a little bit of a threat against Ohio State in that last game of the regular season. But again, so much to get through in the next week. We'll worry about that Ohio State-Michigan game later on. But the way Michigan's playing right now, they're they're living up to some of the hype that they had in the preseason. It's just that they already have two losses, so it kind of knocks them out of the running here. Still going to be very difficult for them to get into the Big Ten Championship game, although that scenario is out there, very slim margin. But uh, you know, Michigan now is in position to potentially play in one of those New Year's Six Bowl games. Meanwhile, Michigan State is a mess. Elsewhere around the Big Ten, of course, only one other game that I haven't mentioned. That was Ohio State's road game at Rutgers. Their final tune-up before hosting Penn State this weekend. And it was just that. It was a tune-up. Ohio State gets out to a 21-7 lead in the first quarter. The big news is Rutgers actually scored a touchdown on Ohio State in that first quarter. They actually scored three of them. A 56-21 victory for Ohio State. Pretty much a breeze, a walk in the park for Ohio State, getting ready for their big game against Penn State. No letdown this week or anything like that. And uh, Ohio State looks uh, very good. They remain number two in the major polls. We'll see where they are in the college football playoff, but I would assume that they're going to stay at number two with their biggest game coming up. Ohio State actually has two really big games coming up. Of course, this game against Penn State, where they can actually clinch the Big Ten East Division with a win against Penn State. Uh, a loss would actually give Penn State the leg up, of course, uh, with Penn State playing Rutgers in the final game of the regular season and Ohio State having to go to Michigan. So regardless of what happens in the last game of the regular season, if Penn State can manage to win a game uh, against uh, Ohio State, uh, they certainly have the advantage to getting to Indianapolis. But that was what, everything that happened in the Big Ten. Some big stories around the top 25. The biggest story, of course, is the Alabama injury to quarterback Tua Tonga-Viola, who suffered a severe hip injury. His season is now officially done. Alabama has announced that he's going to be done for the rest of the regular season. And, and, and I should say just 
the rest of the season because he's not going to play in a bowl game. And unfortunately, that's going to bring an end to his college career, I would highly uh, expect, because there's no way that I think he's going to come back from this injury and play another year of college football. He's got to be going pro. Uh, and they do expect that he's going to be able to make a full recovery. I don't know how long that timeline is going to be. Uh, but that's a devastating blow for Alabama. I don't think it's one that necessarily rules them out of the playoff hunt. By any stretch of the imagination, I'll be very curious to see how the playoff committee uh, handles that and addresses that with their rankings on Tuesday night. But this is still a very good Alabama team. They're still very likely to beat Auburn in the last game of the regular season. And there's still a lot to like. There's still a lot of talent there. Even though they're going to be without one of the best players in the country, they're still a very good team. So if you're dismissing them right now, I would highly advise you to not do that because I still think Alabama, even though they don't have the signature wins that a lot of these other one-loss teams do, they are still a very good team. And any team that's going to go up against them is going to have their hands full. Another big development was Oklahoma's victory against Baylor. Baylor is no longer undefeated. Neither is Minnesota. So we're down to three undefeated teams now in college football, LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State. Uh, but there was a big win in the Big 12 for the Sooners, who remain one of the top one-loss teams that I think a lot of people still need to keep on the radar. Jalen Hurts and company certainly were down early. <laughs> it looked like Baylor was going to blow them out of Waco, but obviously – you play 60 minutes for a reason, and when you have as much talent and as much skill and as much explosiveness as Oklahoma brings to the field, they are never out of a game. And we saw this against Kansas State a couple weeks ago, too, where Oklahoma gets down early, but they do come back. Now, this time they were able to pull off the win uh, like they were against Kansas State, but this is a this is an Oklahoma team that is not going to quit and roll over and, and die on you because they have so much talent and so much ability to score at any given moment that they are a very dangerous team. So Oklahoma is going to stay in the running. The, the two Pac-12 contenders, Oregon and Utah, both had big blowout victories, so they continue to look good. Georgia looked good in their road game against Auburn and Clemson with another blowout, LSU with another blowout, although their defense is shaky. Uh, LSU's firepower offensively is still really darn good. So uh, as far as the top 10 goes, aside from Minnesota losing, it was a really good week for a lot of teams in the top 10 with some good, comfortable wins. And, you know, I think Penn State actually had the shakiest win out of the bunch. And I don't know if that's a, a good thing or not, because ultimately it will come down for Penn State with what happens next week against Ohio State. And that's the big takeaway, and that's going to be the big theme as far as the college football playoff race is concerned this week. None of the stuff matters that, around the country if Penn State can't win this week in Columbus. Guys, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it, or you know, I hear it happens to a lot of guys. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash locked. In tomorrow's episode, we'll do our first official 
first look at this week's upcoming opponent for Penn State, which is, of course, the Ohio State Buckeyes. We'll run through their schedule, take a look at their season to date, mention the highs and the lows. There haven't been too many lows, but there have been some interesting developments along the way. And we'll also point out some of the key players, which, let's face it, you probably already know who they are by now. But we will talk about that as we do every week on the podcast as we get ready for the next opponent on the schedule. This just happens to be Ohio State week. It's a much bigger week. There's a lot more riding on this outcome this coming weekend. So I figured it's never too early to start talking about Ohio State. So let's talk about some of the things that we already know about this weekend's upcoming game. We already know it's going to be a noon broadcast on Fox as Fox continues to showcase the best games that they have to offer in that noon Eastern time slot. And we kind of assumed that Penn State, Ohio State was going to be locked into that noon time slot on this particular day. We probably knew this for a while, but certainly as Penn State continued to win games and of course Ohio State was dominating the way that they have, this game looked like it was an easy target for Fox. And you know, I think the last few years have shown that this series in particular, it's going to get that national spotlight treatment, whether it's on ABC or Fox. And Fox has had this game in their best time slot available the last couple times that they've had the game. Or has it been just one time? I forget now. But, and of course, it's usually in prime time when the game is played in Happy Valley. Uh, so it's a great atmosphere and it gets the national treatment that a lot of Big games tend to do, and the big rivalries do in college football. So it's nice to see that this game is going to continue getting some national attention, and deservedly so, because Ohio State is undefeated. And Penn State, while they have suffered one loss, they're still in the top 10. They're still in that playoff radar, still certainly in the Big Ten title hunt. So this game actually has a lot riding on the outcome. I mentioned it earlier, but Ohio State can actually clinch the Big Ten East this weekend with a win against Penn State because then it wouldn't matter what happens in their game against Michigan or Penn State's game against Rutgers because they would already have the lead in the division, a two-game lead on Penn State, a two-game lead on Michigan uh, going into the final game of the regular season. So nothing is going to catch Ohio State if they do win against Penn State. On the other hand, if Penn State does happen to win this game, it's very likely that Penn State would play for the Big Ten Championship because the only way that they wouldn't is if they lose to Rutgers and Ohio State beats Michigan in the final week. Stop me if you've heard this before, but everybody beats Rutgers. So no matter what happens uh, with Penn State versus Ohio State, you can count on Penn State and the season the regular season with a win because they're going to get Rutgers at home. And I just don't see any way that Penn State loses that game. So this is a huge game for Penn State because while they can't clinch the division, they can certainly feel very good about their chances of clinching the division uh, in the following week if they happen to win this game at Ohio State. So a lot riding on this game. So it's obviously going to get that national attention. We already know that ESPN is taking college game day there. They announced that. And that was sort of to be expected as well. I don't think there was much surprise there. This will actually be the second time that Penn State has been featured in game day's uh, destination. This time, it'll be on the road against Ohio State. And it's not the last time and not the first time that ESPN College Game Day has gone to a Penn State-Ohio State game. So we this game is getting a lot of buzz. Uh, I think Fox is doing their pregame show from there as well, with of course, with Urban Meyer. And I don't know where the Big Ten Network's going to be. I'm going to guess they're going to go somewhere else this weekend. But I would not be shocked if they have announced or they decided that they're going to do something there as well. Because this is the game of the year in the Big Ten up until this point. There's no question about that. And um, it may be the game of the year in the conference overall, regardless of the Big Ten championship game matchup. This could be the, the Big Ten championship game for all we know. Of course, 
there's still a lot to be determined here. And Ohio State looks really good. And that's why when J.K. Dobbins was asked about having to play the first 60-minute game of the season in their next couple of games against Penn State and Michigan, his response was, why does it have to be a 60-minute game? I think he's absolutely right on that one. The way that Ohio State's been playing this season, you go back there, the biggest win's probably that game against Wisconsin. They blew away Wisconsin. Wisconsin was supposed to be the biggest challenger to Ohio State uh, throughout this season, at least up until these last couple of games. And Wisconsin came in, and maybe they had a little bit of life early on, but Ohio State just decimated them. They blew them away with their talent advantages all across the field, offense and defense. So why does this have to be a 60-minute game? And I'll tell you right now, the way that Penn State has been playing the last couple of weeks, I don't see how it's going to be a 60-minute game. That's my reaction here. As much as that may hurt some people to hear that, I just look at this game. Uh, the way the way that Penn State has played the last couple of weeks, their defense certainly has to play better at the start of the game because if they don't, they're not going to be down giving up 14 points. They're going to be giving up 21 or 28 points very quickly. That's how fast this Ohio State offense can hurt you. And there may be something to be said that when Ohio State plays Penn State, Things tend to be a little bit tighter. You know, they've been a lot closer the last few years. And, you know, we there was that 63-14 to 14 game a few years back. Uh, I just feel like Penn State is in a much better spot overall with their talent than they were in that particular game, of course. But the way that Penn State has been playing right now, the, the defense has to be better. The offense has to be better. and Because Ohio State's going to score some points here. And they're probably not going to give up too many. So I don't know what the key to success here is for Penn State. I know that's my job to come up with some. And I will be doing that because I've been assigned for Athlon Sports to come up with uh, five ways that Penn State will win this game. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a challenge because I don't see too many places where Penn State can have an advantage. They're going to have to play the best game that they've played all season long. The spread is already out there. You know, I don't know if all the spreads have been put out there as, as of the time I'm recording this, but the one early line I saw was Ohio State is a 19-point favorite. And I got to tell you guys, I feel like that's a pretty good line. I, I feel like that line is pretty spot on, and I would not even be surprised if Ohio State could cover that. I kind of joked during that Penn State-Indiana game over the weekend uh, with one of the other Penn State bloggers. I actually don't remember which one it was I said it to, but I just felt like looking ahead to this weekend's game, against Ohio State, it has 63 kind of vibes written all over it for me. The way that Ohio State has been playing and blowing everybody out. The way that Penn State has been struggling and getting off to really slow starts on defense. There is a lot to be concerned about going into this game. James Franklin and his staff have a lot of work to do to make sure that this team is ready for the big challenge that lies ahead. And here's the thing. Even if Penn State doesn't win this game, which they're probably not going to, this is still looking like it's going to be a very successful season, but it's going to be marred by the fact that Penn State has already lost a game on the road against Minnesota and could very well potentially lose a game on the road against Ohio State. So that's going to hurt that James Franklin narrative that comes back to haunt him every now and then when Penn State loses a game on the road against a ranked team. It's just going to add to that stat that continues to, to follow him around. But they're a 19-point underdog. Are they supposed to win this game? Absolutely not. So I don't necessarily think that's a loss that you would be able to pin against James Franklin. He's a 19-point underdog against one of the best teams in the country in their house with a chance to clinch the division outright in front of their home fans. So this is a tough challenge ahead for Penn State. It's one of the biggest challenges that they've had in quite some time now, probably under James Franklin, as far as I'm concerned. Because this Ohio State team looks like a true national title contender right now. And Penn State, well, there's some room for improvement.
Well, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. But don't worry, we have a brand new episode already coming your way for Tuesday. So coming up in tomorrow's episode, we'll take our first official look at the Ohio State Buckeyes, run through their schedule, take a look at what has happened to them from the start of the season up until this point, take a look at some of their key players. And of course, we will also take a look at the upcoming college football playoff rankings that are going to be coming out tomorrow night. We'll give you some thoughts and predictions for where Penn State is going to be, what kind of movement we'll see within the top 10, where Penn State falls in the playoff race as we go into another weekend of college football. And, of course, we'll also answer some mailbag questions because this is a week that we want to hear from you guys. What questions do you have about this upcoming game against Ohio State? And we do have some other things planned as the week goes on, but I want to hear from you guys. What is the biggest question that you have for this Penn State-Ohio State game? Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Send us your questions now and make sure to come back tomorrow to see if I'm going to answer them. I'm going to answer every question I get, so make sure you Flood the timeline with as many questions as you possibly can because we want to get into as many of your questions this week as possible beginning tomorrow with tomorrow's episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to subscribe to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe because you don't want to miss a single episode this week. And of course, we also hope that you'll spend a free minute of your time by leaving a rating, leaving a review. Not only do we appreciate the feedback, it also helps grow their show on those podcasting platforms by helping us out with our placement on those various databases. So we definitely appreciate your support. And we do want to hear from you guys and hear what we're doing right, what we can do to improve moving forward. Because ultimately, we want to be a show that you're going to come back to and share with your friends and family. And you can share with your friends and family by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Make sure you're liking us there and share these posts with your, 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 your Facebook friends and family as well. And with all that out of the way, I'm going to say once again, this is going to be a big week. I'm very excited about this week. This is the week I've been looking forward to since we got started doing the relaunch of this podcast. And I'm happy that it's here. And I'm hoping that we can have some fun with you guys along the way. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFE. Check out my national coverage on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. I also have some stuff coming up on AthlonSports.com where I have a contributor over there. And until tomorrow, guys, have a great Monday. Let's get this week started off on the right foot and come back tomorrow. We'll talk some more Penn State, Ohio State. Until then, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.